0: Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. This is the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. And I'm joined this week by Dave Somerville. How are you, Dave? It's always a pleasure to be here, buddy. And yeah, we're looking forward to finally seeing some
1: football action, even if it's just pre season. But we're here. We've made it somehow. I don't know how, though, but we've made it.
0: We have the off season ends tonight, officially. Tonight yes. is the Hall of Fame game. Now, uh, listeners might notice obviously by the time they listen to this, it'll be Friday. The game will have uh-huh. been last night. Uh-huh. So, um let's see if we can let's see if we can do this. Well, Dave, I mean what did you think of that win by the Jets? That was impressive, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I I mean it it was especially fun when Aaron Rodgers threw for 700 yards in the just, first quarter. I couldn't believe it. That, like, just amazing. And, you, you know, the, the, the six force fumbles on Deshaun Watson, and yeah. all in the first quarter. Just amazing. Was, amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed
0: game. the game. Yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, that is tonight, the uh, Hall of Fame game between the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. Football is back, albeit an exhibition game. I don't care. Dave, do you mm-hmm. care? Nope. It's no. back.
1: It's the, the, back. Our game is back. Yeah, it that's is. the main thing.
0: And uh, what better way to prepare for the first game being done than to do our final division deep dive. Now, we're covering the NFC West this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to have Cameron Hobbs on from the Stramash podcast, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. he's not well. He's not well. He's, so.
1: Do you know what? I, I, I know what his illness is. What's, I know what his illness is. What is it? He's got scared of the Ramsitis now that it's a it's a serious condition uh it it requires a lot of bed rest uh and keeping your voice off muted that that's that's what the doc that's what dr dave says keep your voice quiet and say nothing
0: there you go just stay hydrated cameron you'll be fine (laughs) Uh, right, so I don't know where you're coming from with these things, Dave. <laughs> Neither do I. Uh, so, obviously, before we do the NFC West deep dive, Dave, we do have some news to cover. So, why don't you kick mm. us off what's been happening in and around the NFL this week?
1: Well, we'll start off with not the kind of headline news and just a few, a few things from around the league. Um, J.K. Dobbins has been discussing with Coach Harbaugh about wanting a new contract with the Ravens. Um, so, uh, there's he maybe sitting out some training camp uh, to try and get some sort of resolution on that, which uh, I think, even even though the running back market is obviously ridiculously bad, I think J.K. Dobbins might be quite low down the list anyway. So he'll be looking for a slightly better uh, contract on hit for terms uh, for this season coming. Um, the Raiders released O.J. Howard at tight end. Uh, and they've actually signed Jacob Hollister to replace uh, him. So that they'll actually save a bit on the cap there. Um, now, there's been quite a lot of Broncos news, uh, sadly, but we're going to focus on, uh, you know, some, I'd say some of, well, the only kind of lighthearted uh, positive one is that they signed veteran cornerback Fabian Moreau. Uh, he played 14 games for the Giants last year and much needed experience there uh in the cornerback role and he'll be backing up some of the starters for the Broncos. So that's a pretty positive one. Uh they have waived Cameron uh Cameron KJ uh Hamler. Um he's been put onto non football illness designation but they are looking to bring him back uh, once they've got more clarity on his injury and once he's sort of more up to speed. And the expectation is he will be out for
0: weeks, not months. So that's not a terrible thing. Yeah, um, he's. Um, I think he's been diagnosed with pericarditis, mm-hmm. which is a minor yeah. heart condition. Um, yeah, and I know I don't know if th- this is the reason, but um, there's several conditions that people have that are affected more by the altitude as well um Mm -hmm. obviously you know if it's something to do with your heart there's less um oxygen getting pumped around in your blood it might be something to do with that so they've essentially put KJ Hamler to the side for the time being um we wish him a a speedy recovery with that absolutely Uh, but there has been more Broncos news hasn't there Dave I mean, yeah, there's been a couple of,
1: um, shall we say, suspensions and uh, for for a couple different reasons for two players, Mm. uh, including one player that was betting on games under a false name. I think it was with his mother's account, and he has been suspended indefinitely. And I think for once in this case, I'm agreeing with this one because uh, he's betting on games he was involved in and he was... You know, it, it it brings the game into disrepute. It, it it really does because if he he was betting on games under his mother's name with uh, involving the team that he was playing for, and he didn't expect to get caught, so the police are also involved because he was you know gambling under false identity.
0: Yeah, so, he might actually be facing prison time for this. Yeah, uh, it's a potential up to two years in prison is what yeah. I read. He's betting on games that he was actually playing in Uh and that's the most serious of all these and i and i can't we've talked and talked and talked about this with the betting and it's bad enough that people are anyone is still betting on anything if you're an nfl player to bet on your own games games that you're playing in what did he think was going to happen I think,
1: it was he not also, one of the things that he did was bet on college games that he was involved in as well.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think, think that's yeah, where it started. It's sort of going back, they're tracing it all back and he's been doing this for yeah. years. So he deserves it. Now some bad news, uh, more bad news, my goodness, for the Broncos. Uh, linebacker Jonas Griffiths has been placed on indoor reserve. He's out for the year after tearing his ACL. Mm. Um, and Tim Patrick, the wide receiver, who last year missed the entire year with a Tony ACL, ruptured his Achilles heel in practice. He's done for the season. I just, it's tragic. Tim Patrick is one of my favourite Broncos players. He's one of the best receivers. Some people say um, he is actually the best receiver the Broncos have. You know, even including mm-hmm. Jerry Judy, Courtland Sutton this year. Tim Patrick's the best receiver the Broncos have. He's now missing his second year in a row. It's tragic, but it's not all tragic over at the Broncos camp because there's been things happening, as we mentioned last week, where Sean Payton had Mm -hmm. mentioned um, Nathaniel Hackett and he apologised. He He came back and apologised and said that he had his uh, Fox cap Mm -hmm. on and not his coaching cap. But uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't too happy about no, what I could say he, was he? He, he he had remnants of Will Smith coming out
1: of him there because he was saying for him to keep his coach's name out of his mouth uh so that was an interesting that I I mean I I'd, I'd still my speak of gambling I would have my money on Sean Payton in, in a fight between the Dark Knight and Sean Payton <laughs> so <laughs> just I I just won right a hook from Sean Payton and you know that that's his jaw will be on the top of his head, so I think that will be that that will be an interesting one to see. But I, I, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, you know, he did what any kind of loyal player is going to do, and he's going to defend his offensive coordinator. Um, I think Hackett Hackett said something along the lines of that he was disappointed. I mean, the whole league was disappointed at what he was achieving last year. See, so. see,
0: this is this is the thing. This is the thing. Nathaniel Hackett, right, comes out and says there's a code among coaches. And, you know you don't you don't bad mouth people know all that all Sean Payton did was see what every single Broncos fan was thinking and has mm-hmm. been seeing for the past year since week one of last year. How Nathaniel Hackett was utterly incompetent. Uh, but it wasn't just Nathaniel Hackett. There was problems with the general manager. There was pro- problems up and down the board. The coaching's been terrible. The play was terrible. This is what Sean Payton said. And, you know, so climb me a river, Nathaniel, because (laughs) you were garbage. What he should have said was, uh, do you know what? Sean Payton was right. That's what he should have said. He should have said something like, maybe, you know, he apologised. He's apologised. Maybe he shouldn't have said that. But he did. And not one thing that he said was incorrect. That's what Hackett should have said. That's what Aaron Rodgers should have said. I hate Aaron Rodgers. He he needs to keep out of it. But anyway, I'm not going to start going on about Nathaniel. Hackett again. We'll be here all night, uh, mm-hmm. Dave. Was there any other news to get us away from the Broncos? Well, yes, there was
1: another bit of big news: is uh, that Jonathan Taylor requested a trade from the Colts uh, in a in a meeting with Colts owner Jim Irsay. So the um, the Colts thing came out later in a really bizarre kind of bit of team news to say that uh, Jonathan Taylor had, uh, he was he had some sort of back issue, he had back pain or back spasm, something along those lines. Within a few hours, Jonathan Taylor then tweeted out to say he had no back pain, he never reported back pain, and anyone that has said that is lying. So, that's an interesting development, but he has officially been traded. So, uh, no, sorry, he's requested to be traded, Mm -hmm. I should say. Um, I think, in my mind, there's very limited destinations for him, because... I don't think there's a lot of teams that are willing to give up any kind of decent draft picks. The Colts it's, are going to want a decent amount for him and the running back market just isn't there for what the Colts are going to demand for
0: him. So I, it's a standoff. I mean, if if there's a team out there hungry for a running back, take your pick. My word, you can have anyone. The Rams. The Rams. You know, there, the if, if, the, if the Rams one. are looking for a running back, you've you literally got your choice. Take yep. Dalvin Cook. You know? Davon Cook.
1: He he was on the sidelines of the Jets practice. Ezekiel so I Elliott. Reckon, Well, that was gonna be my next bit of news because oh, Zeke Zeke was on a visit to the Patriots. Uh, and that I do not want to see because if there's anyone that has um, really took advantage of the running game in years gone by, it is Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And to have Davin Cook there would hurt my soul. And I think um, yeah, that that would be an interesting one. So Zeke was he was quite impressed in New England uh, as the reports that were coming out. So there's a potential deal coming up between Ezekiel Elliott and the New England Patriots. So that's a punch in the face for me. Never mind Aaron Rodgers. but there was only a couple other bits of news uh exciting news in the Rams uh, we cool. say goodbye to Sony Michelle who has retired uh, f- from the Rams despite only signing with us about a week or two ago. So it's
0: like it was be so very bad. careful. Like you just <laughs> you gave just, up on football Stop altogether. talking.
1: Stop talking. <laughs> anyway, moving on. We signed Royce Freeman at a free agent uh, to, as our third choice, kind of running back to um, cover basically uh, the uh, Caleb Williams and the other one that I don't really want to talk about. Um,
0: uh, Royce Freeman, um, former Bronco. I like Royce Freeman, former Bronco.
1: Yes, I he think is. he was
0: with. He, he was is he drafted not
1: with by the Broncos? Panthers? Was he? Oh, he was drafted by the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, he was signed to a one-year deal by the Rams. Uh, He—he'll be. We've always had a kind of rotation of three running backs. Um, so yeah, that, thats thats pretty much the plan going forward. And plus, with the Rams, the running game is huge. It's—it's it's massive. Um, a bit of a negative news though is that Cooper Cup has an injury and he is going to be out for a few weeks. Um, it could be a hamstring injury. I can't remember, but I, I, I couldn't quite read the rest of the article through the tears. Um, so, yeah, Cooper Cup down injured in training camp for a few weeks. He should be OK for week one, but he's going to have extremely limited practice in that time. So uh, it's a kind of wait and see on that. And uh, the final two bits of news. The Vikings signed uh, Daniel Hunter to a one-year $20 million deal with a, with $17 million of that fully guaranteed. So that's a very important piece of their defense right there, so signed up for the year. And Devin Witherspoon has finally signed his rookie contract, the final first-round rookie to do so. He signed a 31.86 fully guaranteed four-year deal with a $20.2 million signing bonus. So he so basically because he was selected in the first round, he immediately gets paid twenty point two million dollars. So not a bad payday that's, at all.
0: That's not a bad payday at all, is it? No, well, not at all. That's and pretty good.
1: It is, but I do I I still don't understand why it took so long to work out. I I, I do not understand that. I'm wondering if it's something along the lines of um, image rights and you know maybe like side sponsor deals, those kind of stupid things. So. Um, that's the only thing I can really think of. I, I it's, it's a bit of a ridiculous situation. They, they I, Like I said to you last week, I was under the impression they had set amounts for, for rookies, and I think that's the best way to go. Why it took so long for them to sign, I don't know. But that's my news. Okay, so just before we do the deep dive, there was one other quote that I want to bring to attention, uh-huh. and it comes from a, co- uh, a press conference with the Titans coach. Now, who's tanking the coach? Uh, Vrabel. It is. It's is Coach Vrabel. Now, he was asked a question by a journalist, which I thought was ridiculous. But it was something along the lines of, how many five-year-olds would it take to take down Derek Henry? <laughs> and Mike Vrabel's vis- response was, a ton. <laughs> now, obviously, this is a PG show. That'll uh, be bleeped out. That'll be bleeped out. Okay, thank you. Um... But yes, I think when he was pressed for an answer, which I think is, again, a ridiculous thing to do as an alleged professional journalist, uh, the answer he gave was something along the lines of 35 to 50. I uh,
0: reckon, yeah. You reckon more? Well, Derrick Henry's a big guy, right? Now, we've seen him steamroll linebackers and safeties. Yes, Okay, professional athletes. Five-year-olds who basically come up to his knees... If he's got a full speed start, he's going through the first five, six rows of them without even stopping. I mean, without even slowing down. He is. He is. He's a big guy, Derek Henry.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wonder if what Vrabel was meant to say was that because of the damage that would end up getting done to those poor five-year-olds, he would be getting 35 to 50 years <laughs> in jail rather than <laughs> take Can 35. you imagine
0: There's... what a stiff arm from Derek Henry on a five-year-old would look like? <laughs> do, <laughs> yeah, have yeah, you stiff, ever, do you remember the PUE you know, football versus the mascots? Uh, uh, yes. The yes, video. That, for, so for <laughs> any of our listeners, yes. I'm sure we mentioned this last year, for anyone who's not, seen this go on to youtube after you've finished listening to the podcast obviously yes. and look up peewee football versus mascots or mascots versus peewee football it's um. some of the most hilarious hilarious footage i've ever seen i think it was done at a halftime uh during a game at some point a couple of years ago, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. The um, the Indianapolis Colts mascot, Blue, is that what he's called? I think I say, it's called yeah, Blue. It could be. Just like leaping over the offensive line to sack the quarterback, and it's, it's absolutely hilarious. I, I love it. Actually, you know, we're talking about Derek Henry's stiff arm, right? Now, here's a question for you, Dave. Here's a question for you. Why... Is that not called hands to the face? N- it's never, ever it's, called hands yeah. to the face. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, and There's got to be a reason for that because you. Said it's ble- and it's like right under the face mask. That, if it's that not, hands uh, right yeah. there. If it, if they push them in in between
1: the kind of face mask on the top of the helmet, um, I think that they look at it. But I can't remember the last time I saw one called. I've I've never
0: seen hands-to-the-face called for a stiff
1: arm. I I don't understand it. Plus, that can cause serious injury as well. Um, Plus, I remember seeing uh, some highlights. I think it was from the 80s of alleged stiff arms. Now, these stiff arms were not stiff arms. No, that was clubbing someone. (laughs) Well, yes, it, it was that. But there was also times where when they stuck out their arm straight... They then grabbed the face mask and y- just just pulled them behind them, but they made it look—or well, they sort of made it look like they were just pulling their arm back. The thing is, though, so, the person, the, the defender's head was attached to the arm, and he went flying with it. So um, I'm not quite sure how a stiff arm, when you're pushing someone back, then it all of a sudden falls behind you. So it's a it's a very uh, yeah. I, I I I don't I I love. I loved watching Derrick Henry's stiff arm when he the 99-yard one against the Jaguars a few years ago. I was watching that game live, and it would have been maybe two, three o'clock in the morning. Now, obviously, our time kind of think when, when that game was on live, and I jumped out 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 my sofa. And I burst out laughing when I saw him like annihilate that poor uh, defensive back.
0: And who who it, was the one from? Was it last year? The year before? It Wasn't Stephon Gilmore? Was it? it I mean, it'd be funny if it was. I, did, I, did, I can't I remember. Say it was definitely there was one of the right, and was, he like literally yeah. picked him up and threw him. I think it, yes. the actual run got called back for an offensive holding. Um, but I'm sure yeah. he's just like. Was one hand just? I like, picked him up and threw him away. And you're like, "What are you doing?" Then again, he's a big guy. Five year olds, fifty easily, easily. Do you know what, there 50. was a
1: yeah. There, there was a quote. Um, I think it it was from the play after a Patriots offensive lineman took back a kick return and nearly took it all the way for six. Have you ever seen that? It was a few years ago. But, uh, you know, it, it was like a kind of squib kick. And they were That's looking, right. I think, just it to get, the, just the, get to half time.
0: I'm going to forget the guy's name, but I do know he was the right guard. Because I think yes. Al Michaels kept shouting, the right guard. <laughs> the right guard. The, qu- the best quote
1: from Al Michaels. Uh, uh, was it Al Michaels? I'm not sure if it was Al Michaels that actually said it. But all I remember him was, you got to be kidding me. And <laughs> he yep. just kept running. Now, one of the players on the sideline that uh, came off after uh, I, I, that was uh, defending it. He basically said, "Oh, there's no way I've got to tackle his big." You know what? Yep. You know, it was just, yeah. That that's pretty much what I think every single defensive back says when they see Derrick Henry breaking that oh, that the front row of that defensive line. So, yeah, I I, I think 35 to 50 is a very conservative um, and under estimate basically because yeah. if you, if, unless they're kind of if he's not running if he's stiff then i can see 35 to 50 stopping him if he's running whatsoever if he's moving at all these little people are they're but, getting i trampled. mean trampled they're getting trampled well, like a stampede he, yeah. of wild bison He's going to stiff arm them into high school. That's, that's just how far they're going to annihilate them. But
0: yeah, that, that's a. It, I mean, wake up, they'll be graduating. But <laughs> you, so, uh, sorry, I don't, I, I'm not sure where that came from. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. This is got, it's gone slightly tangent. It, it uh, has. It has. But so the, the thing is that Derek Henry's a big guy. You know? And yep, you can, uh, yes. If, if he decides to stiff arm you, you're only going one way, it's backwards. You know, or yes. on your backside. Where um, he wants you to go. Where he wants you to go. Right. So, yes. um, but, however, we do have to do the NFC West deep dive. That's why we're here. Yes. That's why we're here. It's near. the most right. important division. But that, you know, thank you for that. I do appreciate that. That we, uh, yeah. we story about Mike Vrabel there. <laughs> right. So the NFC West. 2022 standing started off the uh obviously won by the San Francisco 49ers with a record of 13 and 4. Then we had the Seattle Seahawks at 9 and 8, the Los Angeles Rams at 5 and 12, and then bringing up the rear was the Arizona Cardinals with a record of 4 and 13. But we do have to start with the San Francisco 49ers, they ended up with a points difference of 173. I'm going to say that again, 173, by far and away, the best in the entire NFL. Absolutely, no one came close to that. And it was predominantly because of their defence. A defence only allowed 277 uh, points the entire year, best in the NFL. But the offence did put up points. It scored 450 points. So right across the board, the 49ers were one of the best teams offensively defensively in the entire nfl but as we know last year it was all about the quarterback play or the swapping around of the quarterbacks i should say mm. you know, they had jimmy Gar- trey lance and then jimmy garoppolo and then of course brock Purdy comes in uh, and all he does is win like six seven straight games with them um they they, they really performed well throughout the whole season they ended they lost they started off with a loss to chicago and you look back and go how did that happen their next loss was week three against denver in that punt fest <laughs> game and you think how in the world did that happen they then lost to the atlanta falcons and you think how did that happen and then their uh, final loss of the season was against the chiefs in week seven they started off three and four and then they went on a mad tear, and they won every single game right up to finish the season thirteen and four, and just obliterated the Seahawks in the wild card. Dealt with the Cowboys easily, and then in the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, um, Brock Purdy got knocked out early in that game, and they just ended up getting trounced thirty-one to seven. Poor Josh Johnson didn't have uh, anything. Uh, from the quarterback position to to offer the uh, San Francisco 49ers, than that. They have the reigning defensive player of the year in Bosa. They've got one of the best mm-hmm. defenses right across the board. They've got Debo. They've got Christian McCaffrey. The questions going into the season again are the quarterback. Uh, we think Brock Purdy's going to be starting week one. That's what we reckon. Garoppolo's gone. He's out of the equation it's between Purdy and Trey Lance so Dave I will put it to you now the San Francisco 49ers what did you make of them last year and what are you expecting from them this year
1: Ah, uh, this is a painful one I Brock Purdy is still a doubt uh, for the start of the season however there's also Sam Darnold who we forgot about now it's From pretty the
0: easy to forget about Sam Darnold. Sorry, Sam, uh, if you're listening. <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy.
1: Well, he's currently, he's currently in uh, training camp. So, you he know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, he, won't be, he won't be listening quite yet. So I give it to about week for three, week for four when he's replaced. Uh, then he will be, he'll, he'll be listening to us while he's playing because he won't be playing. That's a problem. Um, so Sam Darnold's Brock Purdy are the main line. Trey Lance looks horrific in training camp. Now, this is the third pick in the draft. That draft uh, is not looking so hot. Uh, You know, a lot of the first rounders are looking awful. Trey Lance is one of the ones that looks the worst. There was a play that was um, posted on, uh, well, I would say Twitter. It's no longer called Twitter. It's now X.
0: Yes, it is. Um,
1: X. And I, I mean, I don't understand that, but okay. Uh, I'll be honest. I,
0: I think my my lovely wife might have questioned why I had an app called X on my phone, just saying, it had nothing to do with me. Just one X. Uh, it wasn't three of them. Just one. Uh, just, just saying, putting that out there. Carry on, Dave. Sorry. Uh, tree
1: Okay. Yeah, Trey Lance, on yeah. On X. Okay. <laughs> on <Or> ne- X. <laughs> Sorry, if, if dude. you're searching for Trey Lance on X, that, that's your business. But yeah. uh, I think it, look, okay. So Trey Lance had a play. Now, no defenders. Uh, it was basically the center snapping the ball to Trey Lance. And all he had to do was throw the ball to the receiver. Unguarded receiver. He threw it about four yards over his head. Right? Now, apparently, this is not the first time he's done that, and he's been doing it on a regular basis. Trey Lance does not look good right now, and I'm—I I say I'm worried. I hope he starts week one. I hope he starts every game next year. Of course you that, do. Uh, of course I do. Of course you but do. But I, I i generally think that the only—I think Buck Party obviously did very well considering what you know that he came in, he was uh, Mister Relevant, he uh, became Mister Relevant um I I think there's gonna be moments when he uh makes mistakes but I think that you know those are things that can be cleaned up you know with uh, work and a bit of experience which I think he will need if he, especially if he's going to be starting every game next year I, I I'm tipping Sam darnold to be a week one starter uh because I think Purdy will not have enough training don't have enough time preseason to really get Get to week one, so I think Sam Darnold will get the first few weeks anyway. Um, which you know, the way the 49ers play, the quarterback position isn't the most essential position, but um, yeah, I, I think they've got every other potential piece. They've, they've lost a few players, um, you know, they're, they're, they're maybe not quite as stacked as they were last year, but they still have the, the proper core and. You know, I I, too, I generally think that Fred Warner um, is probably the best linebacker in the entire league. And it pains me a lot to say that. I think between him and Bobby Wagner, those are the two best in the entire league. So yeah, another painful one. And I think they've also got one of the top three running backs in the league in Christian McCaffrey. I think they've got a top 12 wide receiver in Debo Samuel. Uh, I'm not on the Debo Samuel hype train quite as much as other people. I think he's, I I think because he's a dual threat with running running and catching. I think he's more of a, he's he's better in that kind of role, uh, which makes him unique. But I don't see him as a top kind of five wide receiver for sure. In the division though, they're going to win it. I can't see the Seahawks uh, winning it. I think the Rams are lacking in about eighty percent of positions. And well, we don't even need to talk about the Cardinals. So it's,
0: well, it's, unfortunately, yeah. we will have to talk about, about yeah. the Cardinals at some point. Um, getting back to the 49ers, you mentioned mm-hmm. that, um, obviously, Sam Darnold coming in. Mm-hmm. He might be the weak one starter. Uh, it mm-hmm. really, it all does seem to depend on the fitness, the health of Brock Purdy. Yes. Um, he looks like he's going to be the de facto starter, barring. His his health his injuries, so mm-hmm. um. But if Sam Darnold does come in, do you think it will just be a case of uh? I was going to say Mike Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Just saying, mm-hmm. listen, give the ball to Christian, give the ball to Debo, throw it short to Kittle, and let the defense win the game. Because I mean that, it's I mean that's a formula that's going to work. It's yeah, it's
1: a, it's a it's you know it's a it's a winning formula. Um, I I don't. Because I, Shanahan likes to do a couple of plays that are unexpected, um, you know. And I think they've still got uh, Brandon Ayuk uh, as their wide receiver number two. Um, they've got Greg Kitt- Greg Kittle, George. Kittle. Uh, it could be well. I'm going to call him Greg. Um, so they have got George Kittle. Um, I think you can of
0: you want. You
1: yeah, well, it doesn't matter. He's still going to annihilate any defenses put in front of him. Uh, you know they've got so many weapons; it's ridiculous. And it's at, at this point, I think it's not fair, um, and I think they should be sanctioned and kicked out the division or given a sixteen-game penalty. Um, That's, so, I, I, I <laughs> actually should... no, I, I don't, I don't think that actually because then they'll get first pick of the draft next year, and I really don't want that to happen either. So, um, I, I think yeah. we should
0: stop. Talking about the Fortnighers now, <laughs> you know that, I'm, just, ha- I'm
1: happy to do that. But at the same time, I, I don't. They haven't um, they haven't weakened enough to even remotely be considered not favourites. Um, because you know the bookmakers at this point have their win loss uh, at about ten and a half. So that they you know they think it's going to be about 10-11 wins for them, and it's very hard to disagree. I, I wish I could, but sadly no, not at
0: all. Yeah, so the San Francisco 49ers do look like they're going to be the class act in the NFC West again. Uh, again, all things being equal and injuries aside, uh, the next team that we're going to talk about is the Seattle Seahawks. As I mentioned, they went nine and eight last year, made a wild card. Um, they had a points differential of six, which is not yeah. great, but you know, the nine and eight record really shows just how close some of those games were. Oh, is you know how hot and cold the team was. Um, And they were hot and cold. Now, Gino got a lot of praise for what he did last year. And Mm -hmm. quite rightly so, because he had an unenviable task of taking over an offense that for the past 10 years had been run by Russell Wilson, as we already know. Um, And he played well. He played very well. Now, they didn't start off great. They they started off the season two and three, but they then rattled off um, four straight wins. Then lost a couple. And then it was like sort of win, loss, loss, win, win. Finished the season with a couple of wins. um, And then they got to the wildcard, as I say, where they met the San Francisco 49ers. um, And they just had absolutely no answer for them whatsoever. They got absolutely crushed in that one. Um, But do we think that it is a case of, as Gino goes, so go the Seattle Seahawks? Because if Gino isn't there, they they're just they have got nothing left because the running game was good last year in Seattle.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um but I think if Gino hadn't played as well as he did, teams would sort have of just stacked the box more and the running game wouldn't have been as effective. Um and the defense was pretty good again. They they weren't great. Um but they, they did have a couple of, of nice plays last year. Dave, I'll put it to you. The Seahawks are a funny team. I'm, I'm trying hard to... I couldn't predict anything that they did last year. And I'm finding it really hard to predict what they're going to be this year. I've got no idea. Um, they've still got playmakers. You know, they've still got Tyler Lockett. Uh, they've still got DK Metcalf. But what else can they do? Do you think they can sort of improve on last year? Or do you think they actually might suffer a slight regression... Maybe they sort of overplayed their own ability last year. What do you think?
1: I think they kind of did. Um, I, I actually think it's going to be very similar to last year for the Seahawks. Um, I mean, their draft picks last year really came on. You know, they they had Charles, Charles Cross at offensive tackle. He was like a top 10 uh, pick in the 2022 draft. Um, Kenneth Walker, one of the best breakout running backs in the entire league last year. Um, and also, cornerback Terry Wolin was fantastic. He had six interceptions last year. Um, also, uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, obviously, you know, a fantastic name. Uh, he, he was one of their standout cornerbacks. He had four forced fumbles as well. So, yeah, I was really impressed with their cornerbacks last year. Uh, and also, Kent Walker got a 1,000 a yard uh, season. He led all rookies in 2022 with that. I think this, what the Seahawks did was go back to the basic of be unpredictable, especially on offense. That, that's how they managed to win uh, those nine games. Geno, however, just looking at some of the things that Geno did, he had the highest completion rate of starting quarterbacks last year, 69.8%. He threw for 4,282 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and yards per attempt was 75 you know, so he, I mean, he had a fantastic season. It was, like a, it, was like a break, it was like it was like a brand
0: new player. Oh yeah, no. If you'd offered that to the Seahawks before the first game of the season, they'd have bitten your hand off on it for those stats.
1: Absolutely, and you know, um, I think what the best the best quote I saw about the Seahawks. You know, I was I was looking into a deep dive that we were getting ready right for for today, and um, CBS analyst Garrett Poodle. Now he had one of the best quotes. Uh, that I can, or one of, one of the best descriptions that I can probably come up with. So the 2022 Seahawks were like finding a crumpled $20 in your jeans pocket after taking them out of the washing machine. They were a pleasant surprise and very unexpected. So I think that pretty much summed up the entire Seahawks season. Um, obviously, you know, they traded the front, the face of the franchise in Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Um, and, you know, they they also got a quarterback out of that. Don't forget, Drew Locke. Drew Locke, he, he just the The entire league forgot about him uh, last year. So, you know, Gino had to fight in training camp for that, and I think it was very close between the two of them. But he managed to beat out Drew Locke, and I think you know it's paid off for both the team and for him because Gino's got a three-year, seventy-five million-dollar deal out of it. So that's a pretty uh, decent one. Gino, However, Shelby be... Harris. What, what about Shelby Harris? So Shelby Harris has been let go by the Seahawks.
0: Uh, yes, so, Shelby Harris is a is a free agent. Um, mm-hmm. I pray the Broncos bring him back best hands in the game best hands in the league Just mm, s- I, smacking well, there, balls there's one, around all game one long number, no
1: there's one, no, one number 99 that uh, dresses in blue and yellow that would I would severely use as my evidence to disagree with the best hands in the game
0: um, Shelby like leads the league in batted passes for three, over 3 years no. so I don't oh, know yeah, where you're coming so, from
1: I, I think that, that comes I, I'd say best arms in the game there <laughs> <laughs> because what uh, what one certain uh, Master Iron Donald can do with his hands has never been seen before uh, as a defensive tackle in the league so yeah we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one Wait, but look, I think Shelby Harris has still got a big future ahead of him I would, I I would go, love we, we if ball the
0: Broncos brought him back
1: I, I I would love if the Rams signed him. You imagine have de- two defensive tack well them two right oh, in the middle.
0: Next to next to Aidan Donald, Shel- that would be terrifying. Yes. Well, the and I think everybody wouldn't stand a chance against That's that. That's exactly what I was
1: thinking. Yeah. It is but I I, I I did also note one thing though about uh, Geno Smith that I forgot to mention. His passer rating for last year was a hundred point nine. That's ridiculous. That's pretty
0: good. Well, That's done! Ridiculous. Gilles. You know, do you yeah, know what? Exactly. He earned that contract. He did. He, he absolutely did. He did. He played and well enough to earn it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've already had, um, they, they've already got some good uh, rookies coming through as well uh, in Seattle from this year's draft. Remember, we already talked about Devin Witherspoon mm-hmm. uh, just signing his rookie deal. Um, he allowed the fewest fewest yards and pass attempts uh, as the primary defender in twenty twenty two with a minimum fifty targets and. Uh, Jackson Smith-Nieger, who set the college football uh, bowl game receiving yards record with 347 yards against Utah in the 2021 Rose Bowl.
0: That's a lot of yards.
1: They've turned draft picks into some very, very smart uh, picks and players. Um, So, you know, they've got a trio of pro bowlers in DK Metcalf, um, Tyler Lockett, plus... uh, I think, you know, they've got uh, Kenneth Walker, Smith Ojiga, like I said, Kobe Brown, Tarek Woolen at cornerback. Seahawks are pretty stacked, but they showed no consistency whatsoever last year. And I think, again, that's going to be their downfall. They'll be pushing for the wild card, I think is all I can say about Seahawks. They'll be pushing for the wild card. If they get a the consistency thing uh, sorted and maybe put some more of their kind of 12th man home field advantage to, uh, and use it to the advantage... They've got a shot of challenging the 49ers, but I'm not seeing the consistency just yet. So, it'll be interesting to see. Although, again, another painful preview for me.
0: Uh, now, speaking of painful previews, or painful reviews, I should say. Uh, mm-hmm. The Los Angeles Rams, they've they finished the season 5 and 12. They are a points differential of minus 77. So, not great. But, mm. but, they're are things to look forward to this year for the Rams. Because as we know, injuries absolutely crippled the Rams last year. You know, we already mentioned, I mentioned it with the AFC West Broncos, crippled by injuries. The Rams, just as effective because you lose your starting quarterback. You lose your best offensive player uh, like for for the entire season. So you, you don't mm-hmm. have your quarterback and you don't have your best offensive weapon. That's, there you go, offensive Done, basically cooked. Yep. Um. They got rid of Bobby Wagner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh. Obviously, we'd already mentioned that last year. The sorry, the year before they got rid of Von Miller as well. He went to the Bills. So the defense suffered some losses. The offense suffered some losses. But there was injuries right across the board of these Rams. Um. So again, you didn't know what to expect with them. Uh, we already mentioned uh, how Baker Mayfield came in and uh, with about forty minutes notice. Ended up beating the Raiders. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. of course, there was that ridiculous Christmas game. That awful, awful, horrendous Christmas game where you put up 51 points. <laughs> 51 points against the Broncos. That was horrendous. It's the worst. I don't
1: even know how that happened. I, mean, I don't know, know how that how happened that either.
0: I was like, don't no. on, the Broncos have got really good defense. What's happened here? It, it was just big plays all day. Um, mm-hmm. So... The Rams, Dave, it's your team, so I'm going to let you go off on it here. Um, what did you make of them last year? Obviously, as I say, the injuries, just, last year was a write-off for them. Um, yep. What are you looking forward to this year? What are you expecting to see from your Rams? Um, as well as, what are you hoping to see from them?
1: Well, I mean, you listed the injuries, the key injuries last year. Uh, for the second half of the season, we had no Aaron Donald either. So that that was another big one, and our entire offensive line got injured at some point. I think well, did we have two games where it was the same offensive line as the week before? That was it. We had what one kind of back-to-back piece where we had uh, no injuries whatsoever. It was just a calamity, and we were so screwed by injuries. It was unreal. I've never seen that before. Jalen Ramsey's gone to the Dolphins. Um, he also picked up an injury in training camp. So I wish him the best there. Uh, we also got no Alan Robinson this year, which it just didn't seem to fit well uh, into the Rams last year. I, I don't overly understand it, but uh, when they threw it to him, they didn't play to his strengths either. So it was, it's it's a really weird one. You know, like you said, um, uh, Bobby Wagner's gone. We, we drafted a bit weird as well because, um, you know, a, a, Two, we're definitely going to have two players that are starting that we drafted. That's Steve Avila, who's our guard, um, and also uh, Byron Young, who's an outside linebacker. So those two are expected to start. We're going to have quite a young uh, defense in particular. Uh, offensively, a mix uh, of, kind of older vet, league veterans and young players. This year, I, I, at this point, I just want seven wins. I'd take seven wins. That, that's how kind of desperate the situation is. You know, a, a year and a half ago, we, were, we won the Super Bowl. It's severely changed now. Um, that I'm, I'm still seeing uh, charts and lists where Sean McVay is listed as a top two, top three coach in the entire league. I'm not, I'm not agreeing. I just, I don't see it. I've seen some, some of the decisions and questionable decisions that Sean McVay makes. Comes down to a lot of inexperience. I think he's got raw talent, but not the experience to level it out to be consistent enough. So that's why I wouldn't put him as like a top three, top four uh, coach. I think there's play- there's coaches like uh, Andy Reid, like Bill Belgic. He's nowhere near that caliber of like raw coaching ability. I just don't see it. I I think he's- I think the Rams are going to struggle again. I think he's going to make some more questionable decisions. Um, they just I, I don't see them having a chance this year. Against the Forty Niners, struggling, going to struggle against the Seahawks. It's got as long as it's as bad as last year. We were up five and twelve, something like that. Four, five and 12, 4 and yeah, thirty, something like that. I would take seven wins at this point. That—that's—that's that's the kind of dire situation that we are in. But uh, you know, we're, we'll see what we can do this year. Next year's a big year. I feel. I think we we can definitely kick on next year, especially with what we're going to have available um, in the cap. So, yeah, let's just get through this year with as little pain as possible and try to kick on.
0: Are you sort of viewing this year almost like a transition year then? Yes, Because last year year was a write-off. Forget about it. It may as well not have happened. So this year you're expecting a transition, and then the following year you're expecting the Rams to challenge once again for the division title and the playoffs. Yeah. I think we'll,
1: we'll, yeah, we'll definitely be pushing the 49ers and I think the Seahawks will pick up again. So I think the Seahawks will close the gap in the 49ers next year um, to enough so that they will be challenging each other. And I expect the Rams to maybe just be behind them. Whereas 2025, I expect the Rams to really push on and really be up the top. I think that's what the plan is. So you've got
0: a, a nice three year plan.
1: Yeah. And I think this transitional period and last year's injury hit season. If if I thought, yeah, we're going to win a Super Bowl, but that's going to, the next two seasons are going to be like, I'd take it. A Super Bowl is a Super Bowl. Can't take that away from us. So I I would, I would take it. But we've got a lot of work to do. Um, we've got we've got the players to build around. Um, and I think it's just a question of can we do it. So you know, here's what well, I just want a positive season. That's it. I don't. I don't want like a negative. Oh, we could have won. We should have won. No. You either win or you lose outright. Seven, eight wins. I'm. I'd take it at this point. Looking at looking at what last year was and the state of our team now.
0: So there we go. That was the Los Angeles Rams. We then come to the final team in our NFC West deep dive. And it is, of course, the Arizona Cardinals, the beleaguered Arizona Cardinals. They finished the season at 4-13. and 13. Uh, They had a points differential of minus 109 points. By so far, in a way, the worst in the division there. Um, now, the Cardinals last year were, I think, probably the most disappointing team in the league. Um, I had hoped for much more from this team. I thought that Kyler Murray would, was going to be vastly improved. I thought that him and DeAndre Hopkins would get that connection rolling. I thought everything was going to go their way and they were just absolutely appalling for almost the entirety of the season. They, they opened... Now, I'm, I'm going to give them a pass on opening day. They played mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs and they got absolutely whipped. I give them a pass. They then win an overtime game against the Raiders. They lose to Europe four mentioned Rams. So they started off 2-2. Two two. Then it all started to fall apart. The back-to-back losses against the Eagles. And the seahawks Seahawks. Um, a win against the Saints. Back-to-back losses against the Vikings and Seahawks again, went against your Rams, and then they lost out the entire season. 49ers, Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Bucks, Falcons, and 49ers. And at no point did it look, even though there was a couple of close losses, one against Tampa Bay was a close one, the one to Atlanta was only a point, but at no point, even during these close games, did they look like they were going to win them. And I know that sounds like a a silly thing to say you're like we lost by one point yeah you lost Mm -hmm. by one point but it might as well have been 40 because even when you were down by one no point that I think you were going to win when they were in the overtime I watched the game against Tampa Bay that overtime game because I hate Tampa Bay Mm -hmm. you know this Yes, Uh, yes so I was hoping that the Cardinals would win it and it it almost seemed like a lack of effort and It sounds like a terrible thing to see because, you know, these guys are fighting for their jobs. They're putting their bodies on the line. This is a hard thing to do. But sometimes it just looked like they weren't even trying. And the results bore that out. And they were getting beaten by teams who wanted to win more than they did. Because it's not like the Cardinals don't have any talent. They've got a lot of talent. It just... It Wasn't on show. Just none of it came out, and you know. Since then, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins has gone now. No one knows what's happening with Kyler Murray. Like I don't even know what he's doing. Um, and with the coach, I don't know. Yeah, he, he had a hard job last year. The coach but had Kingsbury, a really, yeah. really tough time last year. I don't know. The, the, the I, I can't see where the improvement comes from for the Cardinals. Like we we mentioned, or you mentioned, I should say, how your Rams, you think this will be a transition year, and then the next year you'll be pushing, and then the following year you'll be right back in the action again. Unless something drastic changes in Arizona, I, I can't see anything for the next three years for this team. And I, I think yeah. they need to address the quarterback position. They have to do this because for whatever reason, it it's not working with Kyler Money. It just isn't, and they need to change it up, because last year, when you look at some of the um, some of the games that they they were playing, and Kyler Murray just absolutely looked awful in some of those games, and the thing was that so I mean he he played in eleven games, so he did miss some time obviously in twenty twenty two, but but the I mean his yards, the, the yards really really got me. I mean so he has. 6.9 adjusted yards per attempt. Uh, sorry, 6 yards, I beg your pardon. 6 yards, six yards. Okay. per attempt. That's not good enough. It's not. He no. had 2,300 yards from 390 attempts mm-hmm. in 11 games. That's not going to get it done. It's, it's well seen that they went 3-8. and eight. And also his movement. His movement didn't look great. Um, he was only sacked 25 times, but a lot of the times it seemed like he was running for his life. You know, but previously when we've seen Kyler Murray, the runs looked more coordinated, more intentional, as if he's seen the gap and he's going for it. Now, don't get me wrong, there were times where he, he was running all over the place like a magician escaping everyone and making plays. But last year, he did seem more to be just sort of running for his life running away from defenders rather than running for first downs do, do you know what i mean it, it just yeah, looked absolutely. disjointed the offense looked totally uncoordinated the defense wasn't very good everything mm-hmm. just sort of fell apart and and they did have injuries too now we spoke about the rams injuries the cardinals had injuries that's what the murray himself missed five games um you look at this team and just think, where are the wins going to come from? And I haven't even looked at their schedule for this year. But I already know that they're playing the 49ers pl- twice. They're playing the Rams twice. <laughs> they're playing the Seahawks twice. That could be six losses right there in the division. And it's going to t- they need to show me, they need to prove that it's not going to be an automatic six losses just in the division. So, Dave, I'll put it to you, the Cardinals... Do you see any hope of redemption for this team for 2023?
1: Well, I think what, what you're saying about, um, you know, Calamari um, previously, the runs that he was making looked planned more than kind of uh, forced like it was last year. Um, that might be the reason that they used their, the sixth pick in the draft to draft Paris Johnson, uh, who's a tackle out of Ohio State. Um, now, they, they didn't spend a huge amount in free agency either. Um, they, you know, the Kazir White linebacker from Philadelphia. He's on a two-year, ten million dollars. But that two-year, ten million dollars is the most they spent on one player in preseason, in in free agency. Um, their, their second, their second and third picks in the draft were a linebacker and a defensive back. So you know, they that offense is still depleted. Really, um, they brought over Jonathan Gannon. Uh, the defense coordinator of the Eagles in actually quite a uh kind of you know controversial circumstances because um they were talking with them before the Super Bowl uh about taking over now uh, that led to a kind of um tampering uh, or tapping up kind of investigation by the NFL so that led to the two teams swapping third round picks and I think that uh, the Eagles received the Cardinals Fifth round, maybe fourth or fifth round pick, I can't remember exactly what it was. Um but yeah, they I mean that offense doesn't look overly fantastic. And uh, you know, they they've also brought in a new offensive coordinator, um, Drew Petzing, who was a quarterback's coach in Cleveland last year. So he's been in Cleveland as kind of uh, certain positional coaches. Uh, you know, Tybee Titans coach and he was quarterback's coach. But um I think it says a lot that Cliff Kingsbury now is no longer head coach of the Cardinals and he's now a, the quarterbacks coach of USC so, in, in the college leagues. So, I mean, we, I think it was a, this, pre-season, this time last year, you told us about a list of like, the kind of highest ranked coaches. And I think Cliff Kingsbury was there at two. And I burst out laughing. Yeah. And this this is the reason I burst out laughing, because he's just he wasn't even close. He was maybe second last, not second, uh on that issue or where he should have been. But um yeah, I, I, I think that the Cardinals are in so much trouble. It's hilarious. Sorry, um it's um sad, sad, sad to see. Uh not hilarious. It's, I don't know where there, that word is. There's came
0: literally from. I think we're way beyond trying to hide the bias. <laughs> Way well, beyond that, Dave.
1: Way I'll, I'll try to find some positive news for the Cardinals. Um, I think that who's the who's the who's the new head head coach in in uh, Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan, He's Johnny, a, Jonathan was, Gannon. Yeah, yeah. He was the de- defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles last.
0: I week, totally. I think I li- I like that move because I think what they need to do is sort of concentrate on the defensive side of the ball mm. because. We look at other teams um, and it's, it's defense. As we know, t- t- defense, playing good defense is a big thing.
1: It's a mm-hmm. big,
0: big thing in the NFL. If you want to win, you've got to have a good defense. But I think that's
1: exactly what they're doing because they're, they have a new defensive coordinator, Swell, who was the linebackers' coach of the Eagles last year. Uh, in Nick, Nick Rallis, Nick Rallis, Nick Rallis, can't remember his name, mm. but he apparently he has a very quiet but big reputation in the league as one of the biggest future defense, you know, biggest kind of prospects, a defensive coordinator. So if their kind of game plan for this year is to go all out on defense and hope, you know, kind of like the Broncos had to do, like we're forced to do with their defense because of the state of hack it, uh, hacking the offense, basically. Um, but I think they're using that as a conscious plan this year, um, which it's not the worst plan, but it goes back to that old saying, you know, offensive, uh, o- offensive win games and defensive win championships. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one. But, I mean, at, looking at what's gone on in Arizona uh, over the last kind of 12, 18 months, I, I, I see nothing. That's going to give them any hope whatsoever. Um, you, know, you know, there was there was a game last year where Kyler Murray just looked like he had just given up on his career because he was just so fed up with what was happening in front of him. I think they're trying to address some of the issues, but you know, they're just they, they've not got that three year plan like the Rams have. They've maybe got like a three day plan. Sorry,
0: they don't have the three year plan like you have. We we don't <laughs> know the Rams have this three year plan. This is Dave's like, plan
1: have i ever been wrong don't answer that okay so um the, yeah i mean
0: I, I was right about cliff kingsbury um well we were all right we all laughed at that list <laughs> that, that that list that came up that said he was the second best coach in the league or third best coach in the yeah. league. Like, get out of here with that um he had one of the nicest houses this house was love. yes yeah you know yes um, but um, I, I think
1: he'll probably be selling that house now that he's got to go back to uh, a quarterback's coach in the college
0: system. But, I'll bet you he's getting um, paid an absolute ton of money. He, I mean, yeah. He I mean, Nick, Sa- Nick
1: Saban be. knows all about that, getting paid a ton of money, ton of money. Uh, to be a head coach in the college system. But I think the only other thing I was going to say is that Arizona, the book, bookmakers are predicting that Arizona's win-loss record will be around the 4.5
0: mark. Um, so they're I, thinking yeah, I, a 4-13, and 5-12 That That sort of doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, speaking of records, Dave, before we finish our deep dive to NFC West, mm. I need you to give me your predictions, uh, records if you've got them. NFC West. I'm going to go for a conservative
1: 11-6. 49ers as number one, which is, again, it, it hurts me deep in my soul. Um, I'm going to go for a tight one with the Seahawks coming in next at, uh, nine and eight, so I think that they're both the Seahawks are going to go into the last game nine and seven, and the 49ers are going to be kind of 10 and six going into the last one. Um, so you know, it's going to be up in the air. 49ers will win, Seahawks will kind of ball it as per usual. Uh, so yeah, the Seahawks will be at 10 and seven. I'm cautiously optimistic that the Rams will get a kind of seven and 10. I want them, I want to say eight and nine, but then I'm getting PTSD from Derek Fisher. Um, Jeff so, Fisher I mean we could, we, uh, he, at this point he may as well be Derek Fisher because that's how useful, useful he was to the Rams but um, yeah Jeff Fisher that again that, that was horrific um, but yes the Rams are going to be about 7-10 and 8-9 and, and, and the Cardinals 2-15 and 15. Ooh. that's that's how bad I think they're going to be this year I, I'm,
0: and I, I think the 2 has been optimistic to be honest wow Wow, um, right. I am going with the Forty Nine ers. I'm taking the Forty Nine ers twelve and five. I, I okay, don't think they lose yeah. that much of a step. Um, I'm taking the Rams at eight and nine to be second. I'm taking oh. the Rams eight and 9 eight second. And nine second, eight and oh, nine okay. second because I think the Seahawks are going to be seven and ten. I think they'll lose a couple of games extra. Why?
1: I think I think
0: Geno's going to regress. You think it's? you think he was kind
1: of a one-season wonder? I, I
0: think he played above what he is generally capable of, consistency-wise, mm. uh, and they did get a few lucky breaks. Uh, they did. So, so, vi- so it's, it's, yeah, only, it's vi- only a two-game difference. The two-game uh-huh. difference of yeah. last year. Slight regression of but- quarterback position, not as many lucky breaks, and I think they, they fall to 7-10. and 10. So, yeah, so
1: basically variation where you know everything kind of levels out um over time you think this year is going to be the opposite way where like last year the raiders had some just disgusting things Happen to them, it's yeah, not the yeah, fault, so uh, yeah, they, the they lost there's, there's a lot. No more way games, the
0: Raiders yeah. have the same types of games they had last year, yeah.
1: It's like you think possible. the Seahawks, it that may happen to the Seahawks, that those kind of things, those where they're kind of lose more games, than exactly.
0: You it's sort of like yeah. the, you know, how last year the Raiders were on one end of the spectrum and the Vikings were mm-hmm. on the other end of the spectrum, yes. The Seahawks were sort of in the middle and things tended to go their way last year, this yeah. year, I think it goes the other way. That's to say it is is literally, you know, a couple of field goals here and there, a couple of um tip passes here and there. That's that's the difference between being nine and eight and seven and ten. It really mm-hmm. is. Um so I've got them at seven and ten. Um and then I've got the Arizona Cardinals repeating four and thirteen. I, I don't think they get much worse. Um I don't think they get any better. I've got them at four and thirteen. Um although mm-hmm. I, I have a fear. That you could be right, and they just it just bottoms out completely because, as you, we've already said, they've lost their best offensive weapon, uh, in DeAndre Hopkins, and you have to think where wins are going to come from. There's been a complete overhaul, but but I do like the coach, as I say, I, I like the appointment of the head coach. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. the defense will improve. So, there you go, that is our yeah, NFC West exactly. deep dive. So, Dave, uh, we come to our final segment in this week's podcast. Uh, just before we do our final segment, reminder, mm. tonight, Hall of Fame game, Jets versus the Browns. If I, I, It's an exhibition game. I'm still going to watch it. I'm not staying up for it. Kickoffs at like half one in the morning or something like that. I'm not mental.
1: Yes, 1 a.m. Yes, uh, yes.
0: 1, 1 a.m., good grief. Um, I will watch it tomorrow. So I am looking forward to that. Um... I am just so glad that off season is done. I'm mm-hmm. so, so glad. And I know we've still got preseason to go and that that's good. But I love pre season. I love watching the preseason games uh and seeing some of the young players and especially I and I love it. See when you get like a like an undrafted free agent. Who who you know comes at uh, some twenty yeah, or, year or old,
1: shines in training camp? And yeah, absolutely it's, it's brilliant.
0: explodes, and you're like, "Oh my word! I cannot wait to see this guy." So I'm looking forward to to watching the preseason games. But before uh, any of that, we do have a final segment, and it is, of course, random
1: stats. Random stats. Random stats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, Dave, would you like to go first? Mm. I would like, you know, I will go first this yeah, week. Fair enough. In that case, because what is your random stat? I'm going to call
1: it my random story Ooh. this week because we're going to go back to 1975, and we're going to go back to the founding of the Seattle Seahawks. You know, they didn't come into the, the league until 1976, so they 1975 basically a setup of of Seattle and you know getting them ready for the league because that's when they were expanding it to 28 teams at that point. Okay, now there came the point of naming what the team was going to be in Seattle. So he decided to put it to the fans and put it to the people of Seattle. So in this process, they had 1,741 different suggestions. Okay. Now, that, that was narrowed down from about 20,000 entries. Okay. And obviously there was a few duplicates, but 1,741. Now, 153 of the votes went to the winning, the winning one, which was the Seahawks. Okay, so just less than 10% went to that, but there was, so the, the vote was spread right across. But the Seahawks came out in top. However, I want to focus on my favourites of the entries that I think should have been used instead of Seahawks. Now, I'm going to put, a, you know, some of the suggestions I'm going to give you, ask for your own opinion on some of them. Okay. So right out the back, right right out the back of the, I don't know, right right off the line, we'll go for that. How about the Seattle Ding Dongs? The Seattle
0: Ding Dongs was an official entry <laughs>
1: to the suggestions
0: is, and into the vote. Is there a famous bell in Seattle that I don't know about?
1: Uh yeah, I think you're asking the wrong person because when I hear the word bell in Seattle, there's, there's that that bell is an incomplete word. So, um, but yeah, that that was literally one of the entries. Another one of my favorite: the Seattle Billy goats. How someone came up with that?
0: The I do goats. not know.
1: Yes. Um, there was also the Seattle identified flying objects.
0: Oh, shut up.
1: This is true. This is all true. This is some of the ones that were pitched to the fans' potential names. Okay? Some of the other ones, this, the Seattle orangutans. Uh, we've got some more alliteration. The Seattle sperm whales. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, one that is particularly relevant that a lot of our Scottish fans will appreciate, the Seattle
0: alkies. The (laughs) Seattle Alkies. Yes, that's a genuine suggestion. That's a name for a team from, you know, Glasgow or Stornoway.
1: Well, well, Seattle, I suppose, maybe. Seattle
0: Alkies.
1: Yes, that was one. There was the Seattle Crabs, which I think is a highly appropriate one. Um, The Seattle Nutcrackers. (laughs) <laughs> um there's one that's very questionable here. Uh, there's is, one
0: that's questionable. out of all those okay. one. <laughs> this is this is
1: on a different level questionable. Okay, okay. Now, the Seattle diarrheas. That's not
0: that's not real. That is. That is I promise you this is real. And what, is it spelt the way that diarrhea is actually spelt? D I A D I A R R. H E A S. It's the I think there's the an old thing in
1: there. Spelling. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's spelling. But yes, that's exactly how they spell the it. The Seattle Remember?
0: diary. Do you think that's yes. because of the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> 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 oh my word. Maybe they thought but, that's what it meant, the
1: Cleveland Browns Yeah, like, oh, Maybe. Yeah. But it's not my favorite one. Oh my, my word. My favorite one is another alliteration. The Seattle
0: Spunkies <laughs> is <I've, laughs> on the entire list. How did I not win? That's yeah, like I it's like when the when the name and the boats. So right, so Dave, yeah. I don't know if you're aware <laughs> that there was a boat in Stornoway this this week. There was a boat that yeah. came to Stornoway, and it was the Sir David Attenborough. Right, yes. that was the boat. Very yes. now, for anyone who doesn't know about the boat, the Sir David Attenborough. It's famous, mm-hmm. really famous. And it's famous for one reason, because they held a poll mm-hmm. to see what should the boat be named. Because it was going to be a, it's a, what is it? It's a, a marine, I don't know what you'd call it, marine biology... Um, Yeah, it it was like a research vessel. Yeah, research, marine research. And so they were doing all this scientific stuff about the environment and marine ecosystems and all that. And they said, what what shall we call it? So they had a public vote. And do you remember what the winner was by an absolute landslide? And we're talking like 80% of the votes. Do you remember what it was called, Dave? Was it not something like Boaty McBoatface? Or it something was along Boaty the- McBoatface. <laughs> and, and, and then they decided not to go with it. Despite the fact everyone wanted it to be called Boaty McBoatface, True. which is what True. happens when you ask the British public to name something. You think that's just ridiculous. Um, they yep. changed it to the Sir David Atterbrot. Now, personally... I love Sir David Attenborough himself. He's an absolute legend, a living legend, an icon, uh, just a national institution in his own right. He walks this earth taller than anyone else, in my opinion. David Attenborough Uh right up there. Um, But Boaty McBoatface is a better name for a boat. It just is. So they should have gone with that. How did the Seattle Spunkies not win? Yeah. <laughs> How did that, that not get at least 70%? Well, I mean,
1: I, I think it's because, uh, you know, just like politics, there's always a split vote. So, you know, between the Seattle crabs, the Seattle sperm whales, the Seattle spunkies, the Seattle ding dongs, it was just, this is what happens when you give people the right to vote. This is, this is a kind of absolute farce that happens. You know, it's, this, you know, you get basically the Seattle Alkies winning. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: Seattle
1: it's, Alkies. Ridi- it's just ridiculous. I mean, it, you know, at least they knew what they were vo- voting for. They weren't. I mean, a, you, just they were Kevin, for- you just
0: imagine Kevin. just imagine Kevin Harlan commenting touchdown <laughs> Alkies <You're> Like <laughs> that would work. That would be so oh, good.
1: Touchdown crabs. <laughs> touchdown crabs. <laughs> but, yeah, oh no, my word. I don't see what I'm what I can't remember and what I'm actually worried about now is what I was actually searching for when I came across this fact. And I cannot remember, but I don't um, think it
0: matters. Whatever it was, it was no way it was as entertaining as that.
1: I, I mean, I spent a good 15 20 minutes looking at list and just laughing my way through this list, thinking that, you know, um, uh, Pete Carroll was, you know, head coach of the Ding Dongs. <laughs> just, <laughs> you, uh, just you, oh, uh, you know, the ten ten year face of the Billy Goats, Russell Wilson. <laughs> it's just, oh, it, it gave me a good laugh.
0: But uh, yeah, that's my random story, random fact. I I love it. Uh, that's that's one of the best. Um, I mean, you can call it a random stat because you were talking about percentages of voting. The stat. Uh, that's well, one of yes. the best stories I've ever heard related to the NFL. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you, Dave.
1: And yeah, uh, only 153 people voted for Seahawks. So <laughs> what the other thousands voted for? I think anything that wasn't, you know, the Seahawks. C- I mean, there was there was a, there was numerous other ones that were, um, you know, potentials. So I, I think I, I saw something like the Seattle Juggernauts. Um. Obviously, the, the I think is is it the baseball team that's the Seattle Sounders? I think um, it's a baseball team that is. Who's
0: uh, the, there's one called the Marlins. Who are they? Are they basketball? Oh, they the. Oh,
1: uh, I can't remember. it So, but yeah, baseball. Um. Because there's baseball, ice hockey,
0: basketball, basketball NFL.
1: Yeah so i mean i think the Sounders the Sounders is one of them um but uh yeah that was one of the other sort of you know basically shortlisted because i'm not sure that uh the the kind of final 5 t- 10 whatever they were going for uh i don't think any of my favorites were going to be on that list um but i think there, i think the alliteration, you know when you're talking about washington potentially they're changing their name Is it to the wild hogs that you're advocating for? I
0: I want the Washington wild hogs. Yes. it's, it's, It's just a great name. It's
1: perfect for them. I, I think Seattle Spunkies is a great name for for Seattle. And I'm advocating for this though, so I I like name changes in the NFL after reading this story. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the mascot for the Spunkies is going to be. See, <laughs> it's
0: I'd like I'd like to know what what came first with with the, the the NFL team was 1975. So I mean that baseball team I'm assuming is older than that because I, I think baseball has been going a bit longer professionally um, than I mean, American football has. And because, you know, so the, I don't know if you know this, but the Chicago Bears, do you know why they're called the Chicago Bears? I don't. So they were called the Decatur Staleys many, many moons ago. Oh, oh right? wow. Okay. Um, but they moved into into Chicago and they played the games at Wrigley Field. Okay. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Wrigley Field is the stadium of the chicago cubs so they called the football Uh, team the bears because of the cubs so i like that i think that that's that's great because there's some Mm -hmm. there's some nfl teams that have names and you think how do they where did they come up with that because there's some really obvious ones pittsburgh steelers pittsburgh is steel town everyone knows that perfect um the san francisco 49ers named after the 1849 gold rush it's it's mm-hmm. perfect but then you've got teams like the cincinnati bengals named after bengal tigers
1: jacksonville like jaguars well maybe alliteration but at the
0: same time see see alliteration mm. and it's a big cat well what about carolina panthers again it's just it's just a big cat i think it's yeah. it's a lot of you know it's a big scary animal ah uh, uh, jaguars and tigers, and you know, but they're not the Cincinnati Tigers; they're the Cincinnati Bengals, which is kind mm. of a weird one. Then you've got the horses. Obviously, you've got the Broncos and you've got the Colts. You know, there's types of horse and stuff. Uh, and then you've got Philadelphia Eagles, Atlanta Falcons, and then you've got the the what do you call it? The the Seattle Seahawks, and then you've got the Arizona Cardinals. And a Cardinal is not a particularly scary bird. No, but it seems to be a a
1: a nickname or, or you know a kind of name that's stuck within American sports. Because I think you it's to do the, with baseball. Uh, I Saint think it's Louis to Cardinals. do
0: with the 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 red. They're not called cardinal red. That color. Mm. I think it is. Okay. I think it All is. Right. But you yeah you look at some of the teams and think where did their name come? San Diego Chargers. Uh, they're Los Angeles Chargers. Oh my word! The Chargers.
1: Yeah. The,
0: the little yeah, see, sister at in at first I thought that was, you know, after the horse, you know, a charger, mm-hmm. but it's like a bolt of lightning. Yeah. And it's... I don't, I don't get that. I, I just, no. I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. don't know where it comes from. Not, not to throw, not to throw any kind of shade or shots, but the
1: Saints, where's that come from?
0: <sighs> to Louisiana, New Orleans, see, I I don't know where the Sins comes from.
1: That's an interesting one, that it's one. an inter- um, See
0: that's an interesting one. There's no teams. There's no there's no teams like called the sharks. There's a team called the Jets, so there should be a team called the Sharks. So the Sharks and Jets get together like West Side Story. That would be yeah. class. Someone the next uh, franchise has to be called the Sharks. Get it done. Well, Roger Goodell. You're listening. Mandate mm- it. Of course, of, course of course he's listening. There's nothing for him to do anymore. But uh, he's, he's, he's uh, a, I, I was, well,
1: that's, he doesn't have much else to do at this time of year. But uh, yeah, I, I did just check. The Sounders are, are the soccer team. Uh, oh, uh, right. And uh, how how I didn't know that, I don't know. But they were they were actually founded in 1974 as well. Uh, you know, basically the year before the Seahawks.
0: Sounders. Um, and they they also play at Lumen Field as well. So, which is a fun fact? Yeah. A sounder is something that you put on the bottom of a boat, and it's essentially sonar, and it gives you the 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 depth mm. to to the you know to the from the bottom of the boat to the the bottom of the ocean. That's a sounder.
1: It's a it's a very apt name for a us. I'm Seattle assuming that's name. what it is.
0: Yeah, because you know Seattle's yep. right there by the ocean, so
1: and I right at, the, right at the bottom usually. So it's a very
0: apt yeah. name so uh, anyway, for um, Seattle. But yeah. Thanks for that. I, yeah. still, I but, love that. <laughs> I love that story. That's great. That, that was a great yeah, random start. It's a random story. Yeah. I love story
1: time. Random story, yeah. I'm, I, am I'm scared to look again. Like I said, look back up from uh, where I, <laughs> where I saw it, where I was reading about it. But I was reading for a good about a good twenty minutes. But it's it's now official and verified, obviously, because it's on the WinFL show.
0: Yes, it is. Now, my mm. random stat is literally that. It's just a random stat but it is to do with the nfc west um now quick quick question quick quiz for you dave just one question um what is the most successful team division winning wise in the nfc west if you had to guess which team has won more divisions than any other
1: uh i i i I thought i saw something very similar it's going to be well, I mean, if you're talking about uh, since the NFC West,
0: the NFC West then it, since nineteen uh, 49ers? it is the 49ers, San Francisco yeah. 49ers. They had such dominance through the 80s and 90s. That's thought, um, like, Yeah, they have won 21. Now, wow. the NFC West came into existence in 1967 because uh, you know the merger. Yeah, the, West the Super Central Bowl East as well. Yes, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, The very first one, 1967, was won by the Los Angeles Rams. They were 11, we on. yep. 11, 1, and 2, 1967. So Rams were number one. In 1968, it was won by the Baltimore Colts because they used to be in the NFC West, or uh, yes. the NFL mm. West at the time, as I see. Um, It's
1: ridiculous to think that considering how far East Baltimore actually
0: is. Well, we've spoken about the geography before. It's mental. Yes. Uh, The Rams then won again in 1969. And then the 49ers won three in a row, 70, 71, and 72. Now, as I've already Mm -hmm. mentioned, the San Francisco 49ers have won more than any other team, 21 times. However, what they have not done is won it seven times in a row. But the Rams have. Oh, it's the longest stretch in the history of the NFC West. And they won it every year from 1973 to 1979. And in wow. 1979 was the year when, and it, the, the funny thing is, and this is the actual random stat. So I'll give you the records. So 1973 to 79, they went 12 and two, 10 and four, 12 and two, 10, 3 and one. Ten and four, twelve and four, nine and seven. And the nine and seven team in nineteen seventy-nine was the one that actually it was the only team they had that went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I knew that was good. Every other team, bar one, made it to the NFC Championship game. They they no wild cards. So in 1970, they won the divisional playoff. They lost to the Cowboys in the championship. Uh, in 1971, won the playoffs, lost to the Cowboys in the championship. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I beg your pardon. Uh, in, in, in 73, they lost to the Cowboys in the championship. In 74, yeah. uh, they lost to the Vikings. In 75, they lost to the Cowboys. In 76, they lost to the Vikings. 77, they lost to the Vikings. 78, they lost to the Cowboys. And then in 79... They uh, beat the Cowboys, finally met them in the divisional round, beat the Cowboys, um, beat the Buccaneers in the championship and lost to the Steelers. But they played, um, in fact, I've got it up here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive playoff games against either the Cowboys or the Vikings. But the nine and seven team was the only one that made it to the Super Bowl. The worst team they had. Double digits every year. I'm and sorry.
1: you know there was more games to win in that final
0: season. That was nine and yeah. seven because it was sixteen games. There was sixteen games in that one, and the uh, the the fact that they won seven division championships div- championships in a row, the only team in the NFC West to do that. That is my random stat.
1: I like it, but I it, I mean, looking at it, it, should have been should have been many many more. Super Bowl appearances for the Rams there. Um, there right. should have been because,
0: as I say, so in, in 73, they just lost in the division. But then they went to mm-hmm. one, two, three, three straight NFC Championship games, losing to the Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings, and then losing the divisional to the Vikings. And then they beat the Vikings, lose to the Cowboys, then they beat the Cowboys. And it's just, it seemed to be that it was just the Cowboys and Vikings in the 70s. When mm-hmm. Well, the Vikings went to four Super Bowls in the 70s.
1: Oh, those Vikings! No, no. Yeah, just, I, I, yeah, and you know, I, obviously, I love the Cowboys, not. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I'm surprised that um, the kind of rivalry with those two teams has really kind of tapered off. There, there's, there is no rivalry anymore with Minnesota or Dallas. Uh, I, I pretty much just don't care about them now. Well,
0: interestingly, or you might not find it interesting, but I find it interesting. <laughs> Okay. The as I'm already mentioned, the Minnesota Vikings uh four Super Bowls in the seventies. And then what happened was they moved stadium and they went indoors to the Metrodome. Uh-huh. And ever since then they've never been back to the Super Bowl. Now oh. I don't know <laughs> if that's the reason. All I know is that it's a fact. Because they had Uh, They had home field advantage. See, come playoff time, it's Mm -hmm. cold in Minnesota. Real cold. Like, colder than Buffalo cold. Like, Green Bay cold. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Lambo cold. Really cold. And they had home field advantage. And other teams did not want to play in Minnesota. They move into Mm -hmm. a dome, and all of a sudden, that's it. The closest they ever came was that 1998 uh, NFC Championship.
1: Well, I mean, it. I, I think Dallas hasn't been as successful either, uh, and you know they're they're indoors now. There's, I I'd, I'd say, look look at the teams over the last twenty years, the most successful teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, the top two that jump out straight away are the Chiefs and the Patriots. So, you know, sadly, to say with the Patriots, but do they play indoors? Either of them? Outdoors, no. And how often do they have home field grass. advantage?
0: It should be exactly. on grass. Uh, I, I know yeah. I can't remember if the Patriots play on turf. I think they actually do play on turf now. But oh, all, all well? teams should be playing on grass. I, I'm a big advocate for yeah. grass. And they should all be playing outside. It's playing in domes. I know Jake will disagree with me on that one. And, and maybe yourself. Well, Don't yeah. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The stadiums are incredible. I mean, you did a look yeah. at
1: SoFi. Walking God. I'm J. i am that's it's on my bucket list to go to SoFi. And it's I mean I mean, you know, well sometimes you, a lot of well the majority of people say money can't buy you happiness. You go to SoFi and tell tell LA that because that's that stadium is just money, beautiful money, and yeah, it's it's I, I personally I know I'm biased in saying it, but I, I haven't seen a stadium that tops SoFi yet.
0: See um, they they look at the I think it's the NFL Network studios are in LA, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're, they're near SoFi, and because I know the Rich Eisen show, he's just like literally down the road from SoFi, where he mm-hmm. is. And maybe we could move the WinFL show to Los Angeles, uh, next to the Rich Eisen show, or or just like next to the NFL Network studios. Maybe we should do that. That'd be all right. Do you think that? Do you think they'd let us squat? Uh, well, I they wouldn't we, let. We us. need to look
1: up Well, they wouldn't let us. But uh, I think we need to look up the laws and squatters' rights in, in that I, case. Uh, I so, think uh, I think
0: squatters' rights are totally different in America to the out here. I think yes, they, they can
1: just, I, I guess. Yeah. I I don't think there is such thing as squatters' rights in America. Probably so I not. think we 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 should be very careful in that. But you know, we're we're still happy-ish in Stornoway. It's a bit gloomy at times, but Stornoway is Stornoway. And the Western Isles is the Western Isles. We wouldn't be the WinFL show without the Western
0: Isles. That's very true. It's what the we in WinFL show stands for, is Western Isles. (laughs) For anyone who didn't know, for anyone who wasn't (laughs) aware of what the WinFL show stands for, it's the Western Isles National Football League show.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think we even actually. We just kind of came started the name. It wasn't even. It was. It wasn't even originally WinFL. It just suddenly became that at it, some point. It, but we've gone it, with it. Yeah, we, we?
0: we. I think we we called it that just like the day before we did our first podcast. And um, uh-huh. like, what are we going to call it? Um, and it's the WinFL Show, but that does stand for Western Isles National Football League Show. Mm-hmm. not affiliated with the NFL in any way, shape, or form. just like to make that very clear. Our views are our own and should not be taken as the views of the NFL at right, all. To, <laughs>
1: we, we would be squatting in court basically because of appearances <laughs> that we have to make if the, we were claiming it was going to be. But yeah,
0: we, look, it's our show and we love it. We do love it, yeah. We we love doing the NFL show here, and uh, we appreciate everyone who listens to us and who comments mm-hmm. on Twitter and who uh, watches the YouTube videos, which I haven't put up in ages because I'm I, my head's been right up my backside for weeks now. Uh, I need to get onto that. We've got way too much to be uploading, um, but Dave, we did it. We made it to the end of another podcast, our final mm. podcast before. The Hall of Fame game kicks off, and it's going to kicking off tonight, as yeah. you have already said, or early hours so of tomorrow morning. Um, so Dave, what I'm gonna do is uh next week, when we're we're going into proper preseason games, next mm-hmm. week. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I want you to get your predictions together for you know the upcoming weeks. I want to get your all your division winners. And I want your predictions for the playoffs and, in fact, the Super Bowl. We're going to need to get our stupid early predictions uh, out of the way for that one. So take a wee while and think about it over the next couple of weeks, because we're going to be doing that. Uh, In fact, I think, is there a week between the final um, preseason game and kickoff?
1: Did I make that up in my head? Uh, There
0: usually is. I think it... I think the first
1: week of official pre-season might be the 11th. So that's kind of a week, uh, a week and a bit, you know, for a week this weekend, basically. And there's,
0: there's three um, pre-season games.
1: Yeah, I think the 11th and the 12th and the 13th, I think, is the games are spread out. So Just uh, so kick-off sh- kick
0: the 10th of September? Is that the first?
1: It's, it's, if it's not, it's the first or second of
0: September. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to look it up. That's what I'm going to do. Because, because you know,
1: we, we are ready with our segments and oh, so things.
0: It, exactly. We, we, we know what we're doing. We know exactly where we uh, are. So that's the Hall of Fame game. Week one is Friday, September 8th kickoff. Oh, well, the yes. Thursday night game between the Lions and the Chiefs. That's on the 8th. So we've got Hall of Fame game tonight. Preseason, 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 pre-season week off.
1: Mhm.
0: And then yeah. we've got. So
1: oh, it, really there's fantastic. only there's only officially there's only three preseason games this year. That's so they've right. taken one game out. It's usually four. So and the only reason that I know it's the kind of week weekend of the 8th 9th of September is because the Rams travel to Lumen Field to take on the Seattle Sperm Whales.
0: <laughs> the Seattle
1: alkies <laughs> Yes, the Seattle Alkeys. And Fantastic. it's, yeah, that's good.
0: You know, I'm going yeah. to be calling them that for the entire season now. I mean, you,
1: you've got a to toss. There's so many there. I mean, but it can even be the ding dongs at this the point.
0: The Seattle ding dongs. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually funnier to see. I might go oh. with the ding dongs. Do you know what you need to do, Dave? You need to find out what every NFL team was going to be called. You need to do, get knuckled down, do some research. And I will use those names all year long oh yeah Uh, I I absolutely love it that's fantastic Um, we still don't know what the Washington team are going to be called currently the commanders because they're still talking about changing it still talking about changing but if they're going to change it they better do it sharpish I I mean I I know
1: you're going for um, the wild hogs the the Washington wild hogs I think at this point I'm just going for the Washington wallies because they're just it's just an appropriate name at this point but uh yeah, it, I I, there, I mean there's a petition online to change them back to their pre, to the redacted the the Washington redacted well, which I'll, I think
0: yeah it's
1: see the this, history this of the name going, is the problem
0: thing, this thing with the name and I'm gonna say it the Redskins the mm-hmm. name that they were previously called. This has been going on since the late 80s, at least. Mm-hmm. We defi- I, know it, I know it was coming to a head in 1991. It was really people picketing outside the stadium and all that kind of stuff. That was as far back as 1991. So this has been going on for a long, long time. People didn't like the name. Um, but the fans did like the name. Mm-hmm. The people who went to see the team play and who bought the merchandise? They they liked the name, and they didn't want it to be changed. And when when David Grimshaw was on um, a few weeks ago when we did our MC East deep dive, and he was talking about it, he he said he didn't want it changed. And there's a guy mm-hmm. living in Washington supports the team, and he says I wanted them to be called the Redskins. I didn't want them uh-huh. to change the name. Obviously, they've done it, it's it's done, it's dealt with, but as he said in that podcast, it doesn't matter what they're called as long as they win. They can be called anything as long as they win. If they, If they'd kept it with the Washington football team, as they were called for a year, and went all the way to the NFC Championship game, nobody would care. Yep, correct. And and that's it. Nobody would care about what the name is. Who cares what they're called? They're, they're winning. When they're not winning, people are like, we need to change something. It's like, do you see all these throwbacks? Have you been seeing all the throwback uniforms popping up on Twitter? Yes, yes. Every Especially team, the Jets. Yeah. The Jets, Jets the Eagles yeah. with the Kelly Green mm-hmm. stuff, the Broncos are doing it. The uh there was another one that I saw. The, the Seahawks are doing it as well. And that And they're doing all these throwbacks and all the fans, everyone is going, just bring those back. Uh Just bring them back. Nobody asked you to change the uniforms in the first place. Bring them back. I would die for the Rams to have their old uniforms back. I loved those uniforms. Are you talking about the yellow ones? Yeah, oh well, yeah, well, yeah. For, so for me, it was the, the ones from the late 80s and uh, 90s, okay. Uh, um, all right. and okay. it was similar color scheme to the ones that Kurt Warner won in his first the 1999 before they went, yeah, gold. Mm-hmm. I didn't the, like, it's, yeah, the, it's
1: more yellow, the, yeah, the
0: gold. I liked the yellow. And the blue, blue and yellow. bright yellow one. Yeah. I thought it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um and and they should just go back to those. And the uh, the, the Seattle Dongs should just go back to what they had in the eighties. These ones are talking about the throwback. Whoa, check out how look at this. Yeah, that's literally forty years old. That's not mm-hmm. new. Just bring it back. Oh, it's brilliant, yeah. And the, the Buccaneers on another one. They're bringing back the... What do they call it? The creamsicles. I don't know why. I don't know what a creamsicle is. I'm assuming it's something you eat in America. <laughs> but it's that salmon pink. The salmon pinky orange colour. The, the classic Tampa Bay ones. And mm. the New England Patriots classic red and white. Instead, I prefer those. And I, I prefer the old Broncos uniforms. With the old logo, with the D on the helmet, and mm-hmm. that—that's what do, I do like. Do you know
1: what? When you say that about the Patriots, you know about the, their kind of classic uniforms. Do you know who who springs to mind when I when I hear that? Mike Vrabel, because he was a linebacker for the Patriots. I'm sure it's Vrabel that I'm thinking of. I'm sure he was a linebacker for the Patriots. Did
0: was that back when they had those uniforms?
1: Oh, he, he did play the for the end. Patriots. Yeah, he did play. Yeah, Patriots, but so. I, I think you know, or it, it may also be a time when they had a year of the retro. It could also be that because the, the retros, these retro uniforms pop up every kind of ten years, kind of. They thing. do because um, I think one of the, one of the Madden games had the Rams retro, and it, they labeled it uh, Rams '99 retro uniform i used to play that because it was the yellow it was the yellow one i think it was when you know the kind of early kurt warner uh just before the turn of the millennium i was going to say the century the millennium basically (laughs) um but yeah look those uniforms are kind of for a lot of teams the founding founding uniforms and the ones that really brought them into the spotlight as well they they represent the uh, successful years of many of the franchises yes. as well, which is why they are so big. And you know, I think once
0: every ten years they should bring them back. I think they, they should. I think we should bring them back anyway. See the see the Eagles, bring mm-hmm. back the Kelly Green and just keep it. Just keep it. Is he going to? This they're sort not of going
1: to do. Yeah, they're not going to do it though. For, I know for purely not going financial to do it. reasons, of course. Financial not. money like, talks.
0: So. Many, 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 many years ago, going back to like the 70s and 80s and that, with the Broncos, when, when they were doing, mm-hmm. you know, quite well. Um, they had one strip and it was the orange. Uh, the mm-hmm. wee, they had the, the white. Because that's what, yeah, you yeah. had coloured That's all they had, yeah. And white, yeah. and every team was the same, with the mm-hmm. exception of the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys, who both played their home games in white. That's yeah. awkward. Did you know that? There you go. No, so the Redskins I, I, um, home home strip was white and the away strip was that deep maroon. And the Cowboys no. home strip is white and the away is the blue. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, the home strip was the colour and the away one was white. Okay, so that, that's the way it went. And in Denver in, in those 70s and 80s, because it was orange, the entire stadium was orange orange because everyone had a jersey on but nowadays some of them have got the orange some of them have got the blue some of them have got the whites some of them have got a throwback some of them have got another throwback so and it's all multi you don't get that same overwhelming color do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. in the stands that you used to get now i will give the seattle ding dongs their props here because the fans there, when they adopted the the luminous uh, um, yellow and green, mm-hmm. yeah, the fans totally bought into it, and the whole stadium yeah. looked yellow and green. That that luminous, awful, uh, toxic waste color. You know the one I'm talking about. So it's, it's, well, that's what yeah, it is. It's it's like, toxic waste. Yeah, colour. it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of sperm whale color, isn't yeah, it? I, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to mention the colour of ding <laughs> Not even going to go there. Anyway, so my point is that they, they, instead of just having all look look, just go back to it. It's what the fans want. If, if the Denver Broncos this week announced, do you know what? We're going to be playing in our old orange with the white pants and the light blue helmet with the D on it. Every single fan would buy a jersey. Every one of them. I said we're playing the entire season in this. That's what would happen. Doesn't happen anymore. And yeah. it's, it's, it's well known that see the the teams that don't change, the really like if there is a change, it's it's tiny, it's minuscule. Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, the Miami Dolphins. They had a slight change to the logo. So that the, instead of jumping through our hoop of fire, the Dolphin had like a sun behind it or something like that. So they, do, you know they, what, do you know what Also, Do you know what also, See the teams that
1: have not changed location and venue? Those are the, those are the teams with the most dedicated fan bases mm-hmm. you know, and the most colourful stadiums. So you've got... T- look at the Rams. Look at the, the, the Chargers. Even like the Raiders now have kind of being diluted a bit Mm. in their kind of fan bases you know the the colors on the field you go you go to a rams game you're not seeing that that much blue that much yellow no chargers game you're not seeing that much yellow and white you know it's but whereas you go to uh lambo field it's a cheap that all all the cheeseheads are there all the kind of green is there you go to the steelers it's black and yellow everywhere you've got those Uh, stupid yellow hankies being swung about all the the terrible towels
0: yeah, it's so Actually, they're just tissues, uh, yellow I've tissues. Got a, a, um, I've got a wee story for you. I shouldn't be telling, saying this because this, this is, podcast is running way over time. Right, but mm. but I was watching a Jaguar Gator 9 video uh, on YouTube. And if you've not watched any Jaguar Gator 9 videos, go and watch them because he tells stories from yesteryear of the NFL. And it was a story with the Indianapolis Colts. And I forget which year it was, so... Doesn't matter. I'm going to say year two thousand, maybe ninety nine. Doesn't matter what uh-huh. year it was. Watch the video. He's got all the information. But the Colts wanted to have an identity, right? Like the terrible towels that the Steelers have. So what they came up with was the a uh, the can of corn, right? So what it is? It's a a can, and it's got corn in it, and when you shake it it makes a loud noise. So it'll make it really loud for the opposing defense. Uh-huh. Okay. Now this is this is real. I'm shrinking this down. You still need to watch the video because Jaguar Gator 9 explains it way better than I do. But, <laughs> at no point until really close to this actually being a thing because they, they put in, it was a fan thing. It was like the name of the Seahawks, right? They, they asked, you know, what should we do? What should the, and it was can of corn, right? That's great. And, no one thought, hang on a second. first of all, if people are coming into the stadium with cans with corn in, they could have other things inside those cans because they're putting the corn mm-hmm. in by themselves. They could have anything uh-huh. in there. So no. Secondly, something that people didn't again, this that, this was their concern that they could sneak other things in. No one was concerned with the fact that a can, if your quarterback throws his fifth interception of the game and you're holding a can with some corn in it that might look pretty tempting as a projectile and you could kill someone so you imagine 50,000 really annoyed Colts fans all hurl, or the referee blows a holding penalty that cost your team the game what do you think's going to happen it's just insanity and the, as you said, when you get the people to vote, stupid things are going to happen. Watch the video. Jaguar Gator 9 does this. And he does great videos anyway. If you're not subscribed to him on YouTube, everyone go and subscribe to him. It's the best historical NFL videos out there. And just, it's, it's unbelievable. When he's telling the story, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? No one thought for one second, this could be used as a projectile. A can filled with corn. It's like, my, what are you doing? The worst you can do with a terrible towel is, you know, whip someone with it. <laughs> you know, towel I'm sorry that that's the first thing you thought. Well, what else would you do with it? I
1: don't know. Just do I'm Hang on, have you got some weird? Wet it. No, wet it and launch it. it yeah, but it's a towel. It's going gonna,
0: gonna to flap around, you know. I'm talking about like if it's wet, you can thingy up and you know you can you can do that. Anyway, don't do that. I'm saying, but you don't safety and sanity. Stop, stop doing that if you're doing that in Pittsburgh. Dave, uh, we I don't know what I was talking about. We kind of went off a bit there. Thank you for coming along to this week's edition of the Winterfell Show. I appreciate it, pal. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm just going to sign off by saying, uh, remember when I said about um, where I found uh, my uh, random story from? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My main source www.seahawks.com. That is what makes it official—the Seattle Seahawks website. That's where I found it, and I go. didn't even realize I had access such filth. So there ah, we go—just
0: pure filth there. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you for that, Dave. Uh, it's right, no so, It's a pleasure uh, as always, buddy. Uh, we made it through an entire off season. We did all our deep dives. So obviously, doing an episode. Uh, every week through pre-season as well uh and then we'll what we'll do is going to get some guests on in the week in between pre-season and kickoff um dave once again thank you very much and thank you to everybody listening at home and we will catch you on next week's edition of the winfl show